Welcome back to License to Spiel. I'm Thad Haight. And I'm Carl Wonders. And we're talking about The Man with the Golden Gun. Yes, we are. The Man with the Golden Gun. The Man with the Golden Gun. So, this is the very first, not the first James Bond movie, but the first Roger Moore movie I ever saw. Okay. And it is what somehow got me really into the Roger Moore era. All right. <laughs> Having I, seen one, um, I can see why. I have <laughs> no explanation for, like, 14-year-old Thad's terrible taste in movies, but apparently I really liked this one <laughs> when I was... I, no, I used to say, like, relatively recently, this is one of my top three Bond films. Really? Okay. <laughs> yes. Wow. All right. I, uh... As, as, I have... as our good friend Jim is fond of saying, there are no wrong answers, but continue. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I used to, honestly, just because, par- partly for the alliteration, but, like, I used to say that Goldeneye, The Man with the Golden Gun, and Goldfinger were my top three. So, what you're saying is that you care only of gold. Yeah. <laughs> I love only gold, yeah. Yes. But, on for- no, I would say in the last, like, five-ish years or whatever, whenever I recently, I rewatched this, uh, would have been, like, almost ten years ago now, I did a rewatch of the Bond films. <laughs> and at that point, I, the my love for this movie came to a glittering end. Um, <laughs> and I don't know why I used to think it was amazing. I really don't because it's not. Yeah. So <laughs> I've never really cared. For, this is one of the, I would say this is one of the later, uh, Roger Moore films that I got around to seeing for whatever reason. Um, and I had always thought poorly of this film. Um, and you might remember, a couple weeks ago, we did Diamonds Are Forever, and I was saying, you know, it's been a long time since I saw Diamonds Are Forever, and I was actually shocked at, I'm enjoying parts of this movie, and especially the first half, I'm like, this isn't as bad as I remembered it being. I cannot say the same for this film. Um, yeah. You know, I, a lot of it was me reminding myself, yep, this is why I don't care for this movie. This is why uh, this one just doesn't do anything for me. And... I think we'll get to all the specific problematic things that go on in this movie, and there are a lot of them. Um, But on a general note, and maybe you can answer this question for me or help me with this, because I struggle with this, and I've always struggled with this. What is the plot of this film? God, I have no (laughs) clue. No, I'm watching this movie, and I'm thinking, so remember last week when we talked about how Live and Let Die didn't really have a good James Bond story. Yep. The hell is this movie? (laughs) (sighs) I mean, if you said in a sentence or two, tell me the plot of The Man with the Golden Gun, I wouldn't know what to say. (laughs) Uh, Bond has to fight Christopher Lee, who's clearly slumming it. Everyone thinks an assassin is out to get Bond... He's not. He's stealing solar power instead. Like, and I don't know where, I mean, I know that's a... There's just one. (laughs) I mean, I know that that's a contemporaneous thing. There was a big energy problem in the early 70s, and Britain especially was hit hard with that. So I get that they're putting in, you know, current events into this film, but where the heck did this come from? I have no idea. 
Yeah. So, I guess I should do the the stats or the the you know the rundown of this movie before we really get into yeah. it. Um, <laughs> so, the Man with the Golden Gun it was released in 1974. It's a screenplay again by Richard Maybaum and Tom Mankiewicz. Uh, it was directed by Guy Hamilton and. It's noteworthy to say that this is the final film in the Bond series for Tom Mankiewicz and Guy Hamilton, and also Harry Saltzman. Uh, Harry Saltzman ran into a lot of financial trouble. Uh, he was one of those people who liked to spend more than his means and invested in a whole bunch of weird things. Uh, I think he bought Technicolor at one point, and he basically just had to get bought out in order to stay solvent. And this is the last film that Saltzman was partnering with Cubby Broccoli on, so going forward, beginning with you know next week's film, it's uh, only a Cubby Broccoli production from that point on. And I don't think you notice that the producers are gone, but I think it's just noteworthy that this was their last film in their partnership. Yeah, it is not- It is definitely notable. Uh, yeah, I don't think as far as... I don't think there's a huge tonal shift with the next movie or anything. I will say it's noticeable it's the last Mankiewicz film. Uh. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that we... Because, uh... Well, you know, we've been slightly wrong about our opinions of what the next movie will be like, but I'm... I think I can reasonably say that the next movie is, in general, a better quality film than this one. It really is. Um, and I also think that it's really, to me... And, and having watched Live and Let Die and The Man with the Golden Gun now recently, probably for the first time in several years, um, I feel like the next film is really when the Roger Moore era starts, too. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to the scene I, I have in mind specifically in a bit, but there are scenes in here where that's not Roger Moore Bond doing what he's doing. It feels like it's somebody telling Roger Moore to be like Sean Connery to me. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. I think in general... Um, this feels more like more as Bond than the last one did to me, though. Yeah, I, I I could see that, and I don't know if that's just because Moore was getting a little more comfortable in the role, or just the fact that it wasn't. We're going to try to do a black exploitation movie that happens to have James Bond in it might help too. Although there were times when even Roger Moore's acting, I wasn't super happy with in this movie. No. Uh. In 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 this one today. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I would say this is his weakest performance, and that's saying... That's being very generous to Octopussy, um, but yes. Well, I, I haven't, again, I haven't, <laughs> well, that's not true, I did watch Octopussy recently, and I don't have much good to say about Octopussy either, but... Man, it's still impressive to me that the franchise continued and was strong under more after these two movies. Um... <laughs> yeah, like, this, this movie ended, and I was kind of thinking about things and like i'm surprised they didn't just call it quits with more at this point yeah like the fact that the movie can the series continued just wow and it continued for a whole bunch more movies too although i mm-hmm. imagine if we hadn't had the spy who loved me and for your eyes only and moonraker i like moonraker uh Mm-hmm. Uh, if we hadn't had good movies with more, it wouldn't. It probably he probably wouldn't have kept on for so long. No, that's true. And I mean, you know, we were lamenting a few weeks ago about how we were hitting the doldrums of of the series, and I think we're finally going to get out of it after this week. And I think we have some 
pretty high points, I think, for the next few weeks anyway. Um, In this movie, though, uh, when he takes... When he he steals the car with Sheriff Pepper in it. Uh-huh. And when he realizes it's Sheriff Pepper, he's just like, oh, no. Yes. Like, could you be slightly more convincing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, like, that that scene in particular, I just like, you're barely acting at all at this point. Well, can you imagine, you know, you're... You had your experience on Live and Let Die, and, I, and I'm I'm not saying I know anything about what Roger Moore felt about his experience on Live and Let Die, mm-hmm. but, you know, to go through Live and Let Die, and then to come back and do this movie, and then realize you're stuck doing a good 15 minutes with this clown again. Like, mm. I would have phoned it in, too. Well, Moore actually didn't act with him at all in... In Live and Let Die, Moore didn't really have any scenes with him, other than the No, final... but I would imagine that, and I know actors don't like to do this for the most part, but I would imagine Roger Moore saw the movie ah, and yeah. saw that a film that was not very good to begin with just gets absolutely destroyed by one of the worst character additions I can think of <laughs> in a series like this. And then the idea to, I know, let's bring him back again because he's vacationing in Thailand for reasons. <sighs> yeah. All right, so let's get into this thing. Mm-hmm. We open on a island in the Southeast Asia somewhere, and mm-hmm. we have Christopher Lee with three nipples. Yes, we do. Right off the bat, we get the third nipple. I find it interesting that the third nipple is not the same color as the other nipples. <laughs> Both on Scaramanga and on Roger Moore. In fact, I think it's the same fake nipple on both. <laughs> it might be. Recycled fake nipples. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a show title, folks. Um, that would be a record. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it it the, the movie makes it look to us like Knickknack, Scaramanga's manservant has Uh hired somebody to kill Scaramanga. What we actually find out is this is just part of Scaramanga's, like, training to keep on his toes is he occasionally has to fight people. Yeah. And this is just so... What the heck is this whole scene? Yeah, no, no. (laughs) Um, I I do appreciate that it's the guy from Diamonds Are Forever. Yes. I didn't know there was a pool down there guy. In my head, it's the same guy. Yeah, yes. I don't understand this at all. It's it looks cool, but yeah, like he has this entire like fake town thing in his yeah, complete with Al Capone. Complete with Al Capone, who, by the way, the guy that plays Al Capone does a really poor job pretending that he's a fake Al Capone. Yes, he does. To the point where he blinks a couple times when he gets shot. I kind of like the where the gangsters like. Al, wherever you are, don't hold it against me. That was a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cute. That was cute. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that he blinks, but yes, he totally does. Yeah, he definitely blinks. Um, I, I I appreciate that they also gave John Barry a bunch of opportunities to just do his theme song in different styles. You have the pianola sound, and you have the. I like the, that the one. Yeah, that one. Swing cool. style. 
we'll get to the song itself in a little bit here. But yeah, um, I mean, clearly Scaramanga's a guy who's just bored, I guess. Like, yeah. And I don't hate any of this, and I always remember thinking this might be the best part of the movie. It's just so bizarre, but yes. I don't know why he has Roger, fake Roger Moore as the gun, the, the, the cowboy guy that comes out of the saloon. It looks a lot like Roger Moore. Hold uh, on, now I need to check that. <laughs> you know, it might be. Yeah. A fake mustache. I mean, doesn't yeah. it look like him? Yeah. It's hard to say with the with the eyes in shadow like that, but it might be. True. Yeah. Roger Moore is much better at playing a wax figure than Al Capone. Well, that's because that actually is a wax figure of Roger Moore. That's a very good wax figure of Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, um, I've been to Madame Tussauds, and, like, most of those wax figures look nothing like the people they're supposed to be. That is an incredibly right. accurate Roger Moore figure. So, I'll, 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 I'll back up. I think when it's the whole figure on screen, it's Roger Moore just posing. But I think, you know, the close-up of him... Yeah. That definitely is... I, I assumed it was Roger Moore with, him. like, wax makeup on. Yeah, I no, I think the the close up of him, like right before they cut to the credits, I think is uh, is the the wax. That's a uh, really good wax, Roger Moore. Yeah, it is. I wonder what happened to it. I don't know. He, I think it was be... acting in some of the later films. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a cool Sorry, conversation Roger. piece, though, to like have in your house, just like wax, uh, Roger yeah. Moore. It's it's probably in a Madame Tussauds somewhere now. Probably, yeah. <laughs> One of the better figures. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then, yeah, we get the theme, which I guess spells it all out for us. Yeah, I'm like, I don't think you could get more on the nose than these lyrics in this theme. Uh, the music at the end of the movie is even more on the nose. Oh, with Goodnight? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, spoilers for the end of this this show, but my last note was something along the lines of how the, the end song is even worse. I know that Barry had trouble because the man with the golden gun is not something that lends itself well to lyrics. I don't mind the tune itself that much. I just think the lyrics are really uninspired and yeah. from what i understand lulu was actually sick when she sang this song because you can kind of hear a scratchiness in her voice at times she's probably most well known for doing the song to to sir with love from that movie okay uh, the sydney poitier film yeah, that's a very different voice uh, yeah so i mean i'm not i have actually my... seen that movie I kn well, wow. I, I just knew that would surprise you. So yes, I have actually yeah, seen that does. movie. <laughs> oh, excellent! It's a good it movie. It is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't think she. I, I can't think of much else that she's done. I'm sure she has, and there'll be pe people might know this, but I I don't know off the top of my head. The Bond wiki says she's widely known for her Eurovision Song Contest winning entry "Boom Bang a Bang," and of the UK for her first hit "Shout." 
I'm wondering if I heard either of them, I would recognize them actually, but uh, maybe. Um, I would also say that also uninspired are the Morris Binder credits this time yeah. out, where it's just random women with water effects on them. Yes, <laughs> uh, we've seen better. And then we start off in MI6 again, as yeah, and seems he, to be standard. He doesn't close the privacy door. So, like, my understanding is that the reason for those two padded doors with the space in between is to insulate so sound doesn't get through, right? Right. He doesn't close the door on Moneypenny's side. Is it just me, or did the, the, the privacy door get a budget cut in this movie? There's too? also that, yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> it's much less stuffed than it was before. Yeah. And we get Bond in another double-breasted suit. He wears a lot of them. Because I know you like that. Yeah, in this movie, he really does. Um, Bernard Lee looks now, really old at this point. So, I'm I don't know for sure. I know he battled health issues throughout. Mm-hmm. I think he was sick here because he sounds yeah sick. Um, I think Bernard Lee was not in good health when they filmed this movie. Um, I again I don't have evidence to suggest that. I'm just and know, he does spend that. almost ev- he's in two scenes. And other than the very beginning, when you see him sit down, he's sitting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's... You're probably right. This movie came out in 1974. Yep. And Live and Let Die was 1973. So there's one year in between these two. Is it just me, or does Roger Moore look a lot older? Oh, yeah! Like, significantly. Like, there's been much more than one year between the two. He doesn't look sean connery and diamonds are forever old but <laughs> no no he he definitely appears to have aged quite a bit i think that's why he was so startlingly young last week is because i'm used to this Maybe. roger moore which he'll look more or less like this for the next three movies yes and and this is going to be a bit superficial here but like like in close-ups he seems to have a lot of blotches on his face and things and i'm wondering if they did more makeup on him the first time out Oh, that's possible. I, I I don't know what it is, but there's just these little things that he looks he looks five years older than he did in the last mm-hmm. movie, and there's only been a year. Yeah. In between. I mean, he's still definitely aging better than Connery, but yes. I mean, he's older than Connery was. You know, and he still looks younger than Connery did. He still looks younger than Connery. Yeah. Tenure. He really ages significantly, I think, between Moonraker and For Your Eyes Only. Yes, I agree. Uh, starting with For Your For Your Eyes Only is when he's. Start, he's beginning to look too old for the role and I yeah. yeah especially and then it makes the action scenes even more ridiculous yeah I will say I think they're actually probably the best they get in this movie um I mean we'll, low bar but yes I'll, I, it's a low bar but things like and I think most of these scenes are terrible but you know they have the the, the fight scene in the dressing room later and then there's the fight scene at the the, the martial arts school where it looks like it's actually roger moore doing a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. and it's not terrible and i do like when he kicks the guy while he's bowing yes that, that was clever but we're jumping ahead so i will actually say uh this may have very well have been on m's desk before and i didn't notice it but i will actually give credit to the movie for uh a tobacco related thing for once in that M is a well-known pipe smoker. We see him smoking a pipe many times throughout the movies. Mm-hmm. And on his desk is a pipe stand with multiple pipes, which is a nice touch because there are no pipe smokers who have one pipe. <laughs> okay. 
I did notice that, and I was wondering if you were going to comment on it, because... Yes, but I'm not commenting on it in a bad way, in a good way. No, no, no. <laughs> That's actually <laughs> accurate for... Yeah, yeah. If, because for one thing, you generally want to let a pipe rest after you smoked it. For mm -hmm. another, you don't tend to want to mix types of tobacco in the same pipe. Because okay. it'll leave what's called a ghost, where like your next smoke will taste like the previous one, even if it's a different kind of tobacco. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, pipe smokers generally have more than one pipe, so good on them for actually getting that right. <laughs> okay. So, this scene, I find it interesting, because the whole setup is, they've been mailed a bullet that has 007's Why? number on it. Okay. <laughs> so... Beyond everything else. First off, yeah. we know that Scaramanga wasn't actually targeting Bond at first. Right. So why? Secondly, if he was, still, why? Well, doesn't, uh... <laughs> and I can't remember her name. Not Octopussy, but the same woman, Maude Adams' yeah. character. Uh, she's the one that sent it to them. And because she wanted Bond to go... Get oh, does she say that? Scaramanga I missed that. For her. She says that in the, in the hotel okay. when... Good night is hiding okay, in the closet or hiding all in right, the cupboard. So I or missed that. Yeah. So they, they addressed that at some okay, point. All right. So my my big complaint with this is, Am asks Bond what he knows about Scaramanga. Bond reads gives off this guy's entire life history, uh -huh. but nobody knows what he looks like. Right. Wait. Yet how? they have his fingerprint. How do you know he has three nipples? How do you know yeah. <laughs> uh, what his parents we've never, we've... did? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When when has anyone ever said I have no idea what the man looks like, other than that he has three nipples? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, how do you have all this information about the guy and not, not have any picture of him? It seems very yeah, incongruous. It really does, and and. Not to mention the fact that the, the lack of a photograph has absolutely nothing to do with this. what ends up happening in this movie. Yes. Because at one point, Scaramanga goes and sits next to him and says, Hi, I'm Scaramanga. <laughs> yes, he does! <laughs> <laughs> so, there is the nice line when Bond says, I don't know why anyone would want to take out a contract <laughs> on me. And Emma's like, jealous husbands, outraged chefs, humiliated tailors, the list goes on. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. Great, uh, another good line. Yeah. And then I like at the end, he relieves Bond of his assignment because he says, we, we can't have you doing a mission when we think somebody's going to pop up and shoot you at any time. And Bond's leaving, and then M says, or he says, well, would it make a difference if I found him first? And then M kind of gives him this little smirk and says, yes, actually, that would make a difference. Which to me is... M very silently giving Bond carte blanche to go after this guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then later on, and we'll get to this later, he chews him out for going after Scaramanga. I think the only reason he chews him out later on is because he's not thinking rationally in that case, but he's mm -hmm. annoyed that Bond is there. Mess and, like, even though if Bond hadn't been there, that guy still would have been shot. Yeah. He's annoyed that their plans are getting messed up and, oh, look, Bond's here. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to it, because that's a good piece down the yeah. film, in the film here. Uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of completely inconsequential stuff that happens first. 
Correct. So yeah, we go to we go to Beirut, which looks like it was pulled out of like Beirut Community Theater here, because clearly this is what Beirut's like. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain this woman was dubbed by Nikki Vanderzell. Uh, <laughs> I think Roger Moore uh, might have been dubbed by Nikki Vanderzell in this movie. He might have been at some point. Um, <laughs> well, there's clearly somebody saying a Bond line at the very end of this movie that is not Roger Moore. <laughs> Oh, I should note. I should note that I was wrong. Um, not the only time, but uh, I was wrong when I suggested that this that Live and Let Die was the only time when Bond smokes cigars because yeah. he smokes a lot of cigars in he this does. movie, and he doesn't flick any of them away like cigarettes. So no, there is that. But he drink. He, he he smokes all different sizes of cigars. Like the he has a like almost a cigar kind of thing at one point. Uh, you never, you only ever see him like smoking the very beginning of a cigar, though. Yeah, he never has like the stump. Yeah, which makes me think that Roger Moore probably didn't smoke cigars. Uh huh. And so they would just, you know, give him the prop for the scene. Yeah. So he's in Beirut because Fairbanks and 002 was shot by, they think, by Scaramanga. So he's gonna go because, for whatever reason, this dancing girl is a key witness or has evidence which turns out she does yeah that was very convenient which is just ludicrous mm -hmm. to me that she's been sticking this bullet so she apparently she was in bed with the guy when he got shot and as most people who are who have had their partner slash lover shot in front of them she keeps the bullet in her navel as a charm oh, yeah like you do yeah we get some really awkward scenes of roger moore trying to get the bullet out of her stomach. Uh, he actually swallows it at one point because he gets attacked from behind. Which is a nice... I like Which that. is nice, and it leads up to a line that I think is rather funny later. Um, the, yes, the, <laughs> the pharmacy. <laughs> well, there's... Or, the, or you, have, you have no idea, you have no what, idea what, what it went through to get here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the line I like, yeah. We have a, like I said, I think we have a decently, for a Roger Moore film, we have a decent fight scene here among a bunch of guys that looks like a lot of it is Roger Moore doing stunts or trying to be physical. I actually appreciate the fact that he comes out with a bloody mouth, which is not something yeah. you usually see happen to Bond, especially Roger Moore. No, and I think part of that is to like r remind us that he swallowed the bullet. Maybe. I mean, we get awful moments like the woman going, I've lost my charm. Not from where I'm like, standing. Not from where I'm standing. Uh, <laughs> which... <laughs> Uh, yeah. He still knows how to deliver the line, but no one could have made that line good. No. Also, the, the guy who plays the, like, the old bald guy in the club who calls over Ahmed to uh, go after Bond. Yes. Like, that guy is just, like, the most henchmanist person to ever ever been a henchman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what movie he thinks he's in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he sort of reminds me a little bit of the guy in Egypt that Bond knocks off the roof in the next movie, but only more henchman-y. <laughs> yeah. I do like when Bond tells the driver of the cab to take him to the nearest pharmacy. And I feel like that line was put... We talked about them trying to make the movies appeal to Americans. I feel like they specifically chose that word for Americans. Yes. Because a British person would have said chemist. Yes, I think you're right. But the average American would have been like, 
chemist. Okay. And then, of course, and then yeah. that would be even more confusing because the next scene is someone looking through a microscope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of yeah. that microscope, when uh-huh. Q looks in the microscope, his eyes are like six inches Nowhere near from it. the microscope. <laughs> yeah. <I know>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they could have told Desmond Llewellyn to actually look into the microscope. Yeah. But, oh well. <laughs> I do find this amusing that it's one of the few times, I think, that everyone else is ahead of Bond. Yes. Lazar. I, I, I made really the like... bullet doubles. Yes. Yeah. I, I love the delivery on that line. Yeah. <laughs> from Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah. Yeah. He's um, great. Chap who made the bullet doubles. Like I said, this is one of the last of the Bond films that I got around to seeing for the first time, and I was still pretty young, and I just and I remember being exceptionally disappointed that there weren't any cool gadgets in this movie. And it seems like they're just giving Q these weird scenes to hang around in instead of yeah. having Q do his job. Um, I, I I don't mind them so much now, but at the time it struck me as like I think the only gadget we really get is the weird car plane later, which I have things to say about the car plane, but it doesn't uh, seem feasible. It, that doesn't work. Uh, I do like how when the door opens, like the wa- the walls fold down just enough to let the wings out. That's cool. Right. That was that was smart planning. Yeah. But yes. Uh, anyway, we'll so, get to that in a bit. <laughs> yeah. So we find out that we have to go to Macau. Yes. And I, I guess it's because I'm used to these things a little bit more now with continuity and things like that, but. You get this weird scene where Bond acts like an idiot American and thinks that by talking loudly and slowly to whip to, to people who don't understand English, they will comprehend what he's saying. And and I'm like, but I thought James Bond took a first in Oriental languages at Cambridge because they <laughs> they mentioned that in You Only Live they Twice. Do. And here he is unable to talk. Maybe Cantonese wasn't one of those Oriental languages he actually learned. Maybe not. I will just say this now, uh, they have no idea that there are different cultures in Asia in this film. No. And it's really bad. Yeah, yes. And I'll say more specific things later sumo on. Sumo wrestlers in Hong Kong? Sumo wrestlers in Hong Kong is a big one, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Lieutenant Hip, which is another terrible name, uh, his niece's father runs a karate school apparently which okay do karate in thailand okay yeah i guess the sumo wrestlers were in thailand weren't they yeah okay that doesn't make it any better (laughs) no they don't belong in thailand either (laughs) no in fact hong kong's closer to japan than thailand (laughs) this this is the first scene where i feel like roger moore is not roger moore um, I don't. I have a trouble seeing Roger Moore. Even though I like the line that I'll say in a second, I I have trouble seeing Roger Moore turn a gun and threaten to shoot a man in the groin. Um, although I do like his "Speak now or forever hold your peace" line. I think yeah. is a good one. And then we get this weird scene in a casino that I have no idea what game they're playing with these baskets that they drop down. It's some sort of like almost looks like bingo. Yeah. Well, the baskets are for like them to like place their bets and stuff i get. Oh, i guess they drop them down onto whatever yeah i don't think the like, baskets are part of the game per se i think the baskets are just okay. where they get their money and such so if they're up on the top level they just put it down on whatever spot they're putting their money on i guess 
Yeah, I think so. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Um, I mean, not a lot, but yeah. <laughs> and 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 that's how we find out that this Lazar guy is delivering the bullets, and it, they're picked up by this woman uh, who's played by Maude Adams, uh, who we see later in Octopussy, and she picks up the bullets. Bond follows her. They end up going to Kowloon Bay, I believe. Or no, into Hong Kong. They go into yeah, Hong they Kong because they're Kong. on a hydro- hydrofoil between Macau and Hong Kong. Um, Which Hong Kong also, presumably still at this time, was off the coast of China. Yes. <laughs> and at this time would have been British. I, I think it's still off the coast of China, actually. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> well, there's a bridge now, but yes. Uh, there's a, yeah. Um, and Bond is tailing Maud Adams, and we run into, almost literally, Mary Goodnight. Uh, do we have to? We do. Oh God, just ah uh, the the worst example of seventies sexism as we have talked in our last couple movies. Yes, this is this is the epitome of seventies sexism, where you get this woman whose entire role it seems to be to mess things up for Bond. Uh, so Mary Goodnight is a character from the books. She's actually James Bond's secretary, so she's kind of his money penny, mm-hmm. so to speak, I guess. Uh, there's no other similarities really <laughs> to that character in this movie. Uh, they just borrowed the name. At least she, in her first little bit here, she seems somewhat competent because Bond's like, I have to find follow this green rolls. And she knows that this hotel, all of their fleet cars are green Rolls Royces. So at least she does something helpful right off the bat, but that's about the only time she does. And she is actually, when she gets captured by Scaramanga, she's actually doing something helpful. She just happened to get captured while doing it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yes. But I really feel that this is kind of an amalgam of the bad 60s sexism with what we've had as the bad 70s sexism, because not only is she relatively incompetent and somebody who tends to cause trouble to happen, Bond just treats her so poorly. Yeah. Oh, he's terrible to her. He's terrible to her. It's it's awful. Yeah. Uh, I I don't. It's reminiscent don't get of it. his treatment of I do don't remember her name from the last movie. But at least in that case, she actually was working against him. In this case, Goodnight actually is uh, on his side. Yes. And yeah. Oh, he's awful to her. Yeah. He's patronizing. He is dismissive. Mm-hmm. He yeah. It's 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 just terrible. We get a classic Bond moment of him walking in on Maude Adams in the shower and just kind of hanging out for a while. A water pistol. Uh, water pistol. Yep. This is the this is the other scene that I struggle with with Roger Moore, where he assaults her and threatens to break her arm. Um, again, I don't. This is not behavior that we see from Roger Moore ever really again. I don't think. I I just I don't care for it. It's bad, frankly. Yeah. Uh, we, we then go to the Bottoms Up Club with a wonderful cut, and I'm using that term with sarcasm, of a dancer or whatever. So very subtle use of... Ah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so the Bottoms Up Club still what, exists, and they have a sign yeah. mentioning that they were in this movie. <laughs> it's like the CD bar from Top Gun that's in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Tom's Restaurant in New York. Yeah, Tom's Restaurant in New York. Seinfeld which was only ever restaurant in Seinfeld but yes yeah we never saw Tom's <laughs> that's right because it was what Monk's Cafe I think yes I think so in Seinfeld yeah yeah so we get the fake out where we think Scaramanga is going to kill Bond I mean obviously we don't because this is a Bond movie but yeah and and this is again so 
early on, we find out that James Bond is on some weird mission to find this man Gibson and some solar thing. It's basically a MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. And then we find out that coincidentally, the two are to in the same plot. Like, why? I really don't. <sighs> yeah. And I don't know if this is a case of we did rewrites and we wanted to add stuff in and we were up under the gun, no pun intended, and <laughs> we had to put something together. I, I don't know, but this is just sloppy. It is. I also I also meant to mention before we before the, the shooting scene outside the Bottoms Up Club, we get uh, Scaramanga's amazing bedroom with all the brown plush everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> which it's a choice it's something else yeah it's it's a very it's a design choice that's for sure i also like how his ship is designed to look like a junk but actually has a real motor in it yeah that's extremely loud mm -hmm. but anyway bond gets quote-unquote arrested yeah this is this is yet another example of bond allies being dicks mm -hmm. um i get him saying you know the police were coming. I had to get you out of there. I didn't know how much you knew, et cetera, et cetera. But he could have said all that in the car. But you could have, yeah, like say something to him. I, I like the fake out where Bond jumps to the Queen Mary trying to escape and that's where they were taking him. Yeah. I like the Queen Mary said a lot, actually. I do as well. I have a complaint about it. Uh-huh. When we see the Queen Mary, which also for just so everyone knows the queen mary never actually sank in hong kong harbor it's uh used as a hotel in los angeles now actually um but they say here's the wreck of the queen mary which sank under unusual circumstances in 1971 so okay so that's weird the whole part thing about that is weird uh but especially what's weird is that it looks like it's been sitting there for decades yeah Mm -hmm. It is basically rusting apart from appearances, not something that was still in use as an actual sh as an active ship three years ago. But also, like, what the ship sank under unusual circumstances and you just left it there? Like, I understand now why. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't mm -hmm. really, because uh, yeah, <laughs> it's cool, but it's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's ridiculous. I just I like the look of it. And it's one of the few things I remembered, like, from the first time I saw the movie was, oh, yeah, it's the one with the, the headquarters that's at a, at a tilt. Yeah, it is uh, cool. I will give it that. Yeah. We find out that this man is Lieutenant Hip, which is the first of many unfortunate Asian names in this movie. We, we get a lot of plot exposition here about this magical solar device thing that they're looking for, uh, the Solex Agitator, which is what the guy that uh, was with Hip that gets shot had on him and then somehow they lost it uh we find out there's a connection to another man named high fat which is another unfortunate name <laughs> it is uh we and i guess this is bond saying well it's unlikely that high fat would have ever met scaramanga so why don't i impersonate him it's like yeah i impersonate someone that no one knows what he looks like okay yeah well he knows he has the third nipple even though he gets the side wrong he does get the side wrong. Yeah. But if no one knows what he looks like, probably no one knows where the third nipple is. True. So, yeah. We do get another Bond starting a cigar, and then we don't see him throw it away, but he clearly <laughs> must have. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah. And we get a naked woman for some reason. Yeah, we, we get a naked woman named Chu Mi. Yes, we do. 
<sighs> who doesn't reappear. So it seems there was no reason yep. for that scene at all. Nope, none at all. Other than for Bond to take off his shirt so we can see the nipple. And it is also not the same color as his, as his other nipples. Nope. I, I think nipple prosthetics I, were not what they I, were, what they could have been. I, I guess. think it is the same nipple that Scaramanga wore. <laughs> as as Bond will say later, quite titillating. I like how it pops when he pulls it off. <laughs> yes, good foley work there. Uh, <laughs> so I have a problem with this whole thing with high fat. Yeah, like the, just this scene. Bond goes in impersonating Scaramanga and has a conversation with high fat. Well, Bond says. Well, there's this James Bond guy. He's lurking around, and you know we ought to get rid of him. And High Fat says, "Oh, do you want me to spend another million dollars?" And etc. Essentially confirming mm-hmm. that High Fat hired him. He then goes and meets the real Scaramanga. Yep. Why are you volunteering information? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, we find out later that High Fat is not very good at being sinister no. at all. But I mean, maybe he's there to just to make sure that he has he's hooked bond like in the in the scheme for him to come back to be murdered but okay why not just uh, we come again to why not just shoot him yep and we will i will say that several more times before this movie is over no we won't shoot him we'll take him to school why (laughs) (laughs) that's the worst example of the why not just shoot him part is yes taking him to karate school yeah uh, but before that, we have to have a very unfortunate scene where he fights two sumo wrestlers and defeats one by tightening his... I don't... I apologize, I don't know the name of the undergarments that they wear, but he tightens it to the point where he gets let go. Uh, he then gets clubbed over the head by Knickknack and then taken to school instead of killed. And I get and I get high fat saying, like, don't do it here, this is my residence. So take him outside the residence. Just take him somewhere else and kill him. Don't just take him to. What was the purpose of taking him and then giving it, having him be pampered by the women first before he has to fight? Mm -hmm. What? Why? What is this? So this is where in my notes I wrote Tom Mankiewicz writes Asians the way he writes blacks. Yes, he does. Um, so last time last week was clearly a black exploitation movie. This is clearly a karate, uh, kung fu movies are all the rage now. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to do either one of them. No. Uh, I like you said earlier. I do appreciate when he's kind of they hint that he's supposed to fight this one guy and he kicks him while he's bowing to him. I think that was slightly amusing. Yeah, and and then the next guy doesn't take his eyes off him while he bows. If you notice. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which you shouldn't do anyway yeah and again i think since it's roger moore we have a low bar but i think roger moore does a decent job with the fighting here when you see that it's actually him and i like the fake out of the girls being karate masters yeah i i forgot to mention that when they're gonna go off to high fat residence in the middle of the night and there's that weird random scene with the girls in the back of the car and and what's his hip lieutenant hip says oh they're my my nieces i'll drop them off after i drop you off and i'd forgotten that they show up again so i was like why why and then they come back but and i also like that hip dries off without bond yeah why would he do that because <laughs> the door shut so he assumed they were ah like, bond okay. closes the door and then walks around to the other side and then and then hip drives off without him yeah okay but this allows us to run into Sheriff Pepper now. Okay. 
But before we get to Sheriff Pepper, we have the little kid. Oh, the kid. Who's trying to sell things to Taurus. And he keeps telling people, real elephant. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> you're holding up a wooden, a carved wooden elephant that you're trying to sell for however many bought. Mm-hmm. And you keep telling people, real elephant. Real elephant. Yeah. What, what does that mean? It's a real elephant carving. I don't know. <laughs> and then he pushes him in the water. Yeah, Bond owes that kid 20,000 baht. Yeah, he does. This might be the most inexcusable moment, I think, in the movie. This whole bo- the boat scene in general? So, Well, the boat scene in general, but just him pushing the kid in the water. So I was wrong. Okay. Last week, I said that they used the 007 theme in this movie. I swore they used that theme... For this boat chase. But Mm-mm. they don't. No, we don't get that again until the boat chase in Moonraker. Okay, I must have been conflating the two. Maybe. Now, I, I might end up being wrong, but I... No, because we don't get a... I, I'm pretty sure it's not in The Spy Who Because John Barry doesn't do the next movie, so... Uh, no, that, that's the one we get the disco action music. But anyway... And we, we once again have elephants that are way smarter than they should be. Like, the one that... The one that... In uh, Diamonds Are Forever, that won the slot machine. And this <laughs> won the one, slot machine. And this one, when J.W. Pepper calls him ugly, he pushes him in the water. Yeah. And as if J.W. Pepper wasn't bad enough, we get J.W. Pepper's wife. J.W., where are you? Yeah, oh, God. And if that had been all we saw of J.W. Pepper, it would have been bad, but it would have been... It would have been an, an annoying thing, but just a cameo, okay. Yeah. I mean... So, I will say... So, remember last week when I was defending J.W. Pepper by saying that I I imagine he probably was racist. He didn't show overt racism in the movie because he right. called everyone boy. Right. In this movie, jeez, he's so racist. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we get, yeah, when we get to him later when he sh- randomly shows up again and, I mean, the number of times he calls the people here, the indigenous people here, pointy heads... Or just brown... Brown faced or... Yeah. Just a bunch of... I wrote wrote it down somewhere. Uh, And and he also, you know, talks about their pajamas. Oh, yeah. If you get your pointy little heads out of those pajamas, pajamas, you wouldn't be late late for for work. work. Yeah. Oh, God. Brown water hog. Brown... uh, Yes. Oh, my God. Terrible. It's, it's, and it's I, terrible. I, you know, last week I said, well, at least in this, in at least in Man with the Golden Gun, you can understand the words he's saying. Honestly, I wish mm-hmm. I couldn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's yeah. Wow. Just wow. And again, there, there's no reason for him to be in this movie. I'm really glad that he wasn't also vacationing at the Egyptian pyramids next week. <laughs> yes. I mean, in between, so we get uh, an English secret agent from England. Yeah. <laughs> That line actually made me giggle a little bit, just because <laughs> it's so dumb. So Scaramanga kills High Fat. Yep, and because says, put why, him in the mausoleum. That put him in the mausoleum that he's so proud of, yeah. Yeah, Chekhov's um, mausoleum. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bond meets Goodnight for dinner, and they have a share a bottle of Foo Yuck. And we learn that the bottom button in her frock is a homing device. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's not going to come in handy later. No, not at all. And then Goodnight has to spend the night in a closet. Yeah, I mean, he's 
he's usually terrible, but this is a real dick move here. Yeah. Um, because he's about to get it on with Goodnight. You know, like you get the sense there's a history here with these two. Yeah. Well, he because in the uh, beginning he talks about he's she says it's good to see you again, and he's like, "Would I do that yeah. after two years?" So yeah, no, they've definitely yeah. made and made Boolaloo together. Yeah. <laughs> And then Maud Adam and I apologize. I can't for the life of me remember the name of her character, and I just watched this movie. Um, so did I, and I don't either. But it is she, Andrea Anders. Andrea Anders. Okay. So she turns up, and Bond decides strategically that it would be better for him to sleep with her because he'll get information out of her. Well, Goodnight uh, is in the closet. Well, well, first Goodnight is under the covers, and he says, "Oh, I do the three pillow trick to." fool people into thinking i'm in bed and then he sends her into the closet which she takes rather well frankly she's still angry at him but not for long yeah and then this is when we go to the martial arts exhibition because he's supposed to meet uh miss anders there and she's gonna have the solex uh turns out she's dead yeah but i mean I, I don't know the physics of that actually working, but I think it's a well-done scene. It is I a well-done scene, yes. And and Scaramanga sits down and says, Hi, I'm Scaramanga. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the ludicrousness of that aside, um, we actually haven't mentioned that Scaramanga is played by Christopher Lee, which I think is another indicative problem of this movie. Uh, Christopher Lee is so, wasted so much better in, than this. He's so, he's so wasted in this movie. He's really good in this scene. Yeah. And it's like, this is the scene where you're like, why didn't we get more of him? Why didn't we get a better movie with... I mean, Christopher Lee is one of those people, and we'll, and I'll say probably again in a few weeks when we get to Christopher Walken's movie, where I'm like, these people are tailor-made to play Bond villains. And they're not... They don't do it the way that they should, I, I don't think. I actually think Walken do, acquits himself a little bit better, because I think he has better material to chew yeah. on. But... Uh, but you know, I agree that walking uh, there's we get that a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, in this case, yes, Christopher Lee is horribly wasted. It, he is so much better than anything in this. And it's a shame to say that Christopher Lee made a career on making terrible movies. That too. Uh, but yeah, he's just a better actor than the material he's given here. At least today in the 21st century, Christopher Lee is probably best known for Lord of the Rings, and you know. Yeah. Oh, but no, the last one he was in was the Hobbit movies. So no, we, it, it, it yeah. comes full circle. <laughs> better, be, better that than Count Dooku. Oh, oh God, I forgot about Count... How did I forget about Count Dooku? <laughs> I forgot about Count Dooku. Okay, so Count Dooku... Alright, not that great. Christopher Lee as Count Dooku? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Count Dooku is the Count Lippy of... Star Wars. But I mean, it's also just terrible names. When but... you have an awesome Sith name like Darth Tyrannus, <laughs> why in the why world do you... do you go by Count Dooku? Because <laughs> it was supposed to be a surprise that he turned out to be a bad guy. But they the still call movie. him Count Dooku after it wasn't a surprise. That's true. They never call him Darth Tyrannus after that, do they? No. Yeah. Well, now we managed to work in Star Wars. We've done Star Trek multiple times, but I think this is the first time we've done Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. This is the nerdiest recording we've done yet. 
Um, we'll have to figure out how to get Battlestar Galactica in here as well. Oh, well. Don't make me think about how to do that, because it has to be organic or it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is the scene when, as you were mentioning before, that Goodnight is following Scaramanga out of this uh, Well, she's following Knickknack. She's following Knickknack. Oh, that's right. She's following Knickknack. Because and... she heard from... Because she had heard about the midget that had the gun on Bond. Yeah. So she's like, ah, that must be him. So I'm going to follow him, put the tracker in the boot. Yes. But Scaramanga and... comes behind her and puts her and in the shoves boot. shoves her in the boot. Yep. Which is another thing that I'm a little confused about. Uh, you know, because she call or Bond calls her on the walkie-talkie at one Why point. Why didn't she call them as soon as she got captured? Because it's good night, I guess. I don't know. But, like, she, he says, where are you? And she says, I'm in the boot. Or in the boot of Scaramanga's car. And Bond acts like he's never heard the term boot before. Yeah, there is And that I'm like, is that another Americanism that they're doing? Where they're like, for those of you at home, boot means trunk. But anyway, yeah. Um, and this is when we inexplicably find out that while he's on vacation in Thailand, which is dubious enough, he wants to do a test drive at, a, at an AMC dealership. It's also, there were no AMC dealerships in Thailand. No, there were not. <laughs> but uh, that was product placement, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I think Scaramanga's driving an AMC car, too. Yeah, most people were driving AMC cars in this movie. The AMC is the is the is the Chevy of this movie, because everybody was in a Chevy Nova last movie. That yeah, that's right. Which art, uh, life imitates art. Actually, on that case, I, I forgot to mention this when we were watching the last movies. I got to mention it now. All those cop cars were Chevy Novas in in uh, Live and Let Die, which today is like, oh well, that makes sense. Cop cars are Chevy Novas. They weren't in 1972 or 73. Oh. Okay. That was before Chevy Novas were used as cop cars. Oh, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, are they Chevy Novas in this movie? Because we do get another bunch of no, they're AMC's. stupid. Okay. Because <laughs> we wreck a whole bunch of police cars again for no reason. Yes, we do. Uh, this is the third. This is another. I'm guessing a Tom Mankiewicz thing of crashing police cars. Yeah the the cop cars were AMC Matadors. Aha. Okay. I'm only really familiar with the Gremlin. I don't know the most of the other models that AMC I put together. I am not familiar with AMC that well much at all. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Scaramanga's car was also an AMC Matador. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought I recognized it as an the AMC. The one that Bond and Pepper are in is an AMC Hornet. Okay. Yeah, so we get a, a car chase of sorts. We get the wonderful stunt that they do that they then ruin with the stupid slide whistle sound effect so they calculated that the exact uh physics of doing that on a univac mm -hmm. computer really yes wow okay so all right so obviously that was the real stunt that really happened but when i'm watching this i'm thinking that car is not going nearly fast enough to pull this off no probably not i mean right did they slow it down for the movie and if so why I mean, it is it is in slow motion. No, but before it's slow motion. Okay. Like, you see Bond, when Bond, like, he doesn't back up nearly far enough to get a uh No. Yeah, there's just, no, it's just, so much of it doesn't work. And the slide whistle was ridiculous. Yeah. And as we talked about, I think, We've mentioned this a couple episode. times now. 
No, but I meant I think I mentioned way back when in the first episode that that was a John Barry idea that he yeah. regretted. Yeah, yeah, we've mentioned that a few times too. I think. Okay, so they get across the river or whatever, and that's when we get the car plane. This doesn't work. No, there's no way you could just bolt wings onto the top of the car, or like not even bolt, just like snap onto the car. No. Yeah. Also, when it takes off, it goes off way too steeply to like actually for a plane. Oh, to and take like off. the really bad model that just kind of goes up at like a yeah. thirty degree angle or something. Yeah, yeah. That that's 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 not how planes work. No. Funnily enough, I did. I was reading for some other reason, and I honestly don't remember what it was recently about somebody who did try to do that with a car, and it was they they actually took off, and then the car broke loose of the wings, and they fell to their death. Weirdly enough, they just decided to use a Ford Pinto for this, which just seems like a bad idea in general. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's use the car that's known for exploding to make a car plane out of. Uh, I mean, just the Ford Pinto is a bad idea in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, not just for being a plane, just in general. Just in general, don't, no. <laughs> Unsafe at any speed, right? Yeah. So, yeah, no, I... For one thing, with this plane, I don't think those wings are nearly big enough for mm -hmm. the weight of that car. No, definitely not. Remember, this is the 1970s. That this, car yeah, was when not the car light. is entirely made of steel. Yeah. Yeah. And when cars were still boat sized. Well, I mean, the AMCs aren't that big, but still, it's that's a lot of metal. That's, yeah. That's not. There's no fiberglass or plastic in there. That's. Yeah, no, those wings are not nearly big enough. A cert certainly not on a short runway like that. Mm -mm. No. There's just nothing works with this. But anyway, it happens. Except except you like the fact that the doors I down. I do like the fact <laughs> that the door goes up and the sides go down <laughs> to yeah. fit the wings yeah. through. That is neat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goodnight opens the trunk and realizes she's in the air because she's like, I think we've stopped. There's no way you thought we they stopped. No, no. Now, can you imagine how loud that jet engine would be inside the car? Oh, yeah. I, I do like when we, right after uh, after Goodnight closes the hatch, it, we cut to M and his face is priceless. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, bless Bernard Lee, like, he is so good at playing this absolutely disgusted at Bond thing that he does mm -hmm. so well. And he's actually standing in this scene, too, actually. He is right. actually standing in this scene. Yeah. So, I really should stop making statements about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I won't. But I'm going to yeah. keep saying things and be completely wrong. <laughs> so, they, they get the... They find the Homer thing uh, that Goodnight has. Um, Bond goes after them. And his plane is equipped with the latest version of Magic GPS from MI6. So... Bond's plane has, like, a reverse propeller thing going on. <laughs> I don't know what that is. How does that... There's no way that works as a propulsion when it's, like, right there in the middle of the... No. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like the same engine that the car plane had. Yeah, but the car plane had a jet engine. Bond's actually yeah, had a spinning a prop. <laughs> I mean, it looks like a real plane. It does look like a real... I, I just have trouble with the physics of this, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I will say that, I mean, this is obviously a real place. It's a rather incredible location. Mm-hmm. Uh, these islands off of, um, I think Phuket is the city that's nearby. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's a very striking 
location to do a film in. Interestingly, they originally wanted to do this movie after Diamonds Are Forever, and they wanted to shoot it in Cambodia. But 1969 in Cambodia that's a, was that's a bad not time really to be in Cambodia. Place <laughs> to do a movie. No, and I'm kind of confused a little bit then because. 1973 in Cambodia wouldn't have been much better. No, uh, no, it really wouldn't. <laughs> and Mankiewicz, I guess, has some weird ideas then because, I mean, he obviously has some weird ideas. But <laughs> yes. Like, why do this movie? I don't I know. I mean, most, it, the book was not well regarded. The film isn't any better. Uh, if I remember correctly, you're either reading or have read Moonraker. I am in the process of reading Moonraker. Okay. I took a break to read another book, but I will be back to Okay. It. Yeah. James so, Bond will return. Yeah. <laughs> I can see why it took them a while to get around to making that one. Yeah. And when they did make it, it has, other than the name of the villain, there's really not much It doesn't even look, look, look the same. Like, that really threw me off. When I'm, when I'm reading Moonraker, I get to the description, and they talk about his red hair. I'm like, his what? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to see them troll the audience by spending the first... 30 minutes of a Bond movie playing a game of bridge. But uh, <laughs> I actually really enjoyed that. It's it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's better than uh, than a lot of the card game stuff that they do or the No, I enjoyed the um just like um when I read Casino Royale, I also enjoyed the description of uh Chemin de Fer. Yeah. And it was useful because I actually figured out how Chemin de Fer worked well with well. Mm-hmm. I still don't know how bridge works after listening to the bridge thing because yeah. bridge is complicated. Uh, I know how you. I know the mechanics of the game. I don't understand the scoring. Yeah, I didn't even know the mechanics. I just was just listening like, oh, okay, so that happens. This happens. Oh, that's apparently good. Okay. <laughs> and oh, he and and the description of how he tricks him into yeah, you know, an unwinnable situation. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good. Um. Well, I like when he says, like, the hand that he had actually dealt way back before he started. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, we don't play bridge in this movie. Um, no. Or in, so, or in the movie Moonraker. No. I also want to give a shout-out, you know, to the, not only to the incredible location, but the incredible tweed jacket that Bond is wearing. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it is so 70s. It's, yeah giant giant plaid tweed jacket uh, i'm pretty sure i've seen couches made with that fabric <laughs> also from the 70s yeah oh yeah so scaramanga finds him on the beach and invites him in and suddenly scaramanga in the basement of his giant house thing has a standard issue bond villain lair <laughs> yeah. com- complete with fizzy lifting drink things filled with super liquid helium at absolute zero which and is a, not how temperature and a works who is so 70s oh god yes <laughs> all he needed was like that fro that mustache oh man all he's missing is the outfit that dr mccoy beams onto the enterprise in in the motion picture he does need some bling <laughs> He You're needs, right. He needs like a he needs like a V neck with a medallion or something. Well, because his his shirt actually does have some open chest area, so it, it he does. does yeah. need, he he really just needs the bling. Yeah. <laughs> that poor guy. Um. So how much time has passed 
Because at one point, Bond mentions all built by high fats companies. Like, I seem to have inherited it. It's like, yeah, but that was like three days ago. Well, didn't high fats say something about return the Solex to the installation or something? I mean, which begs the question, why did you take the Solex away? Yeah, yeah, there's just a lot. Like, again, this just, I don't get this at all. No. Um, He's going to sell this to world he's, leaders i guess he's he's gonna sell the power to world leaders and even says like he's gonna franchise it and i'm like what is this a popeyes i mean <laughs> what what is <laughs> this is i mean I, I imagine solar power is still pretty high tech at this time uh yeah but still i i don't none of this makes sense yeah at all we we get the really crappy special effects shot of the giant mirror coming out of the mountain thing the island Yep. Uh, then we have and then we have lunch well it, so it reflects the sunlight and then creates like a super high intensity beam thing that i'm sure will never come into play later he apparently also has a laser gun that he uses to blow up bond's plane just for fun for fun yeah we have lunch with mushrooms apparently oh and turns out knickknack is a went to cordon bleu because of course he did good nights just hanging around so this is we have the weird scene where we start, you know, we start serving lunch. And Goodnight says to Bond, the fried mushroom looks terribly interesting. And the way she says it, it implies that she's like, check out your food. There's a thing in there I hid for you or something. Yeah. But nope, nothing comes from that at all. No. And even Bond is like, yes, I noticed that. I'll get around to it. It's like, it almost sounds like he's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm picking up what you're saying. Like, was yeah. there, like, something that they ended up cutting? So, I I made a note for later that it feels like they cut a lot. And then it turns out they did cut a lot. Okay. Of the final showdown stuff. But I don't know if they cut more. So, but you're right. I, I definitely noticed that line, too, as being, the, that's, my apologies to Britt Eklund here, but her performance is not one that's very, I don't, have very high regard for it <laughs> uh she's not given much to do and it's not really her fault that the material is terrible yeah um, but i don't think she does a great job of performing what she's given but i'm like that's a that's a really odd delivery for that line yeah which is why it feels like she's like playing goodnight saying that in 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 an odd way to like make bond pick up on it yeah and somehow not have scaramanga be like why is she talking like that right yeah it's just odd yeah it is odd we get this weird back and forth here where I guess Scaramanga is, it's kind of a dick swinging contest here in a way. Like, I don't get why, like, so now Scaramanga does want to kill Bond, even though he had nothing to do with Bond earlier. Who knows? I mean, these individual moments, like, especially between Christopher Lee and Roger Moore aren't bad. They just don't fit with the movie. Not really, no. No, <laughs> It's, it's like they were just making this up as they went. And I don't think that's how Bond movies are typically made, but... It's probably not how they should be made. No. I, I don't I don't get what he's doing. I don't know why he's doing what he's doing here. We get the... I, I do kind of like the whole once they agree to do this, this mano a mano thing. I kind of like the, you know, the, the old-timey duel thing where their backs are to each other and, and that sort of thing. Even though it doesn't really turn into anything. Nope, because Scaramanga runs into the... Runs away! And then, like, okay. Oh, and, and I should back up too here because mm -hmm. we haven't mentioned it yet. I kind of think the golden gun itself is cool. 
It is. It seems impractical, but it's cool. It, it, it seems very impractical. It doesn't seem like it would actually do what it's supposed to do, but I like the idea of, you know, you have a cigarette lighter and a case and a pen, and you kind of, it's like a transformer almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if we go back to my favorite reference to make in this, uh, in GoldenEye for the N64, uh, mm-hmm. there's a multiplayer mode called The Man with the Golden Gun, where okay. if you find the golden gun, it's one-shot kill no matter where you hit somebody. Ah. So that's a fun That's a fun, uh, that's a fun little mode to play in that game. Yeah. I'm sorry I never played this game now. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're, you're, I mean, you are older, so I guess you, were you I'm not? not that old. Yeah, I was going to say, you were still <laughs> playing video games in the 90s, surely. Yeah, yeah. My parents never let me would never buy a video game console. Oh, I was more of a same. PC. I was I was a PC gamer more than anything else. But I, I had a friend who had a. I mean, we started off on the Super Nintendo, and then he had a, mm-hmm. he had a Nintendo sixty four at one point. Um, that's the one that had like the weird like gun handle thing. Yeah. Right. Or yeah, the controller okay. was terrible. The, yeah. <laughs> it was the first video game controller with an analog joystick, though. Ah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember which one that is now. Yeah. It was a. Uh, but no, that was. GoldenEye was a it was a good game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> so what is Knickknack doing? <laughs> I th- well, I think Scaramanga like deliberately like has him play this role where he's you know if you kill him I you know I uh, mm-hmm. I get all this. He's Scaramanga is like hey you need to make Bond think you're helping him. Yeah, but why but, I don't know. Yeah okay. So how. Are there no cameras in the giant space underneath the floor? Also, how, how far big is down this place? does that go? <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> he drops his gun, and it clatters for a while. Like, so earlier on, so earlier on, the, the, the beginning of the movie, in the pre credit sequence, right after he shoots the guy, mm-hmm. the, the gangster guy, and the lights come up, and I'm like, this looks like somebody, like, amateur hour set design here mm-hmm. and i guess it's supposed to yeah but i feel like this is them like not even bothering to pretend that look we're on a sound stage and this is underneath the floor of the sound stage but yeah like where where how far does this thing go mm-hmm. and if it's that easy to get under it why aren't there cameras down there well and i'm like this is an osha hazard right here i mean mm-hmm. this giant drop off here but this is definitely where i feel that and, and I did check, and it turns out this was the case, although I don't know how much. There has to be a lot of material that was cut out of this. Yeah. I mean, for one, this is an incredibly unsatisfying end to the character of Scaramanga. Oh, yeah, it is. I like the idea that, like, oh, Bond, Bond, that Bond just takes the place of a... Yeah. Double, I like that, although... real. Mon- when did he change into the outfit and get the gun? Why does the Well, he would have gotten the gun hat- from the... Existing. Why does the wax dummy have a gun that actually shoots bullets? Realism. Yeah. Uh, Makes you wonder how realistic that uh, wax Roger Moore is under the clothes. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> uh, like, I'm wondering thanks, now, is thanks this for wax that dummy anatomically correct? I... Um, and, like... Sorry, I don't know why I mean, my the, mind the, went there. We, we see... We go from him climbing underneath the floor... To, to suddenly being in the place of the guy, of yeah. the fake James Bond. Yep, it's odd. Which, which on its own, I like. I think that's yeah. If there was a way that Scaramanga would have been done in by his own creation, the space, I think that's how it would have happened. 
and I don't have any problem with that. I just, again, it's there's definitely material that is missing. Instead of showing us over and over again knickknack looking at all the video screens, they could have shown more of Bond doing stuff. Maybe that's more Sony stuff. They had to show him flipping all the buttons around <laughs> the Sony monitors and stuff to get so their money's worth. During or this process, Goodnight kills the henchman. Oh yeah, he d- she does. That's right. And Absolute Zero <laughs> is no longer maintained. So and and. And it has to be maintained or else there will be prompt criticality, which sounds First off, bad. Absolute zero is not actually possible on Earth. Uh, not not on Earth. It's No, it isn't. <laughs> also, I mean, I it's been a long time since I took physics. And I understand the physics. I, I understand or I remember learning about how you know, superconductors work because you cool them down really far. And that's why they're able to conduct electricity more quickly than they would normally. Don't they just stop working when they warm up? Yeah, they don't. They explode. don't explode. <laughs> I mean, they, they, there's no such thing as criticality. Yeah. No, and and if and even if that were the case, this is a really bad design problem. I mean, she, yeah, she, she clubs the guy and he falls into the pool of liquid helium. Which, if it was actually absolute zero, would not be liquid. It would not be liquid. No, but the the heat of his body causes it to overheat. So, um, here's my problem with this. Yeah. It has to have some sort of ridiculous refrigeration on this to keep it at that cold temperature. Mm-hmm. The blip of that one body falling into it shouldn't have caused a problem at all. No, it would only cause a problem if those were pools of liquid helium that were not cooled independently. That but were they just have sitting to be, there. because they're there to cool yeah. off the hot thing. <laughs> well, or the hot thing that is the air above it. Yep. I mean, you're in... You're in Thailand. And it's, it's not, not like, like it's cold there. It's not like that guy's body is going to continue producing heat. No. I'm pretty sure it stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I there's the physics of this don't make sense. You know, in the meantime, Bond has to go and get the Solex out of this machine. And he just starts beating on the glass cuz that's going to He starts work. beating on the glass and of course Goodnight's butt hits the button mm-hmm. because that's the kind of movie we're watching. Yep. Uh, I weirdly do like, though, And uh, she's trying to turn it off and the cloud goes in front of the sun, so he thinks that she's turned it off. I do, uh, and I will say, uh, there's we're supposed to think, oh, good night's dumb, haha, because Bond says there must be a, there must be an override here, and a, a master override switch, and we had already seen the giant letters that said master override switch on the panel, and she can't see it. I will say... I work in technical support. People miss... I will I will say, do you see X? It's right here next to... And nope, they don't. Yep. So that is actually... Especially in a stressful situation, that is perfectly believable that she missed that. Okay. <laughs> I will say that. We'll go with that. <laughs> As someone who, who walks people through using computers and such on a daily basis, a lot of people simply... Do not see the thing you're the 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 obvious thing that you're telling them to look for. Okay. So that one, I, I'll, buy I'll that. actually yeah. accept. I don't think that's what they intended with that scene. I think they're they're more like, oh, she's dumb, she can't even read. But yeah. Well, I have issues with the design of this machine where you have that giant lever to open the door. Yeah. But then you have a button that also lifts the lever because why not? And I mean. It is pretty clear that she can't read when she read when she hovers her finger under computer's controlled lock-in and she reads it as computer interlock. 
And there's the manual override in giant red letters as she's, you know, pressing everything but that. But, yeah. Where's the override? But surely there's, like, a a lever or something that Bond could be hitting to open this rather than just pounding on it? You would think. I mean, they got it in there somehow, right? Yeah. I mean, he does get it out eventually. And they get out. They get on the the they get on the junk, which has which is filled with melons for some reason. <laughs> yeah, the, they start to get comfortable in the brown plush room. Oh man, there's so much brown plush. Like the the entire <laughs> bar is brown yeah, plush. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I want carpet everywhere. And then this is when knickknack shows up to kill him at one point chucks a bunch of bottles that clearly don't have anything in them no it's assumed that bond puts him in a suitcase and throws him overboard does no he doesn't throw him overboard he puts him in the little that bot that little cage thing does he yeah they we show don't... him at the very end he's like sitting in the cage thing oh do they okay looking very sad looking very sad oh okay Cause, well because when she says you didn't he's like i bloody well did Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he is in the cage thing. Okay, he's in the cage thing. Yeah, so which isn't much better, but it's better than killing him. It's uh, better than killing him. Yeah, I mean, he's never he's killed never him killed a mission before. Oh God, Jesus Christ, this movie. Yeah. So then M calls them because how did M get this number? <laughs> <laughs> how does no M idea. know they're there to even call that number, even if he had that number? Well. To, to back up, so this will sound like a, a little weird comment at first, but I promise I'm going somewhere <laughs> okay. with it. So I have a I have an eight year old, and she often likes to get into bed and eat Cheerios and watch TV. Okay. When she comes to visit me, because she doesn't live with me full time. After she leaves, I am constantly finding Cheerios in the bed. Oh yeah. There is no way she got all the glass out of this bed. Just by shaking the sheet. There, no. Yeah. There, no. <laughs> There's no way. Bond's like, get all the glass out of the bed? Great. Let's take off our clothes and get back into bed. I'm like, no, no, that's no. Glass in general is just such a pain to clean. Like if you break something. Oh, like, yeah, because the find, tiny little You shards? find bits everywhere. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Like I would be not anywhere in this room. Yeah, um, no, certainly not naked. Yeah, so, no. So, but yeah, the, the mysterious phone call from M. She's just coming, sir. It's it's not quite as bad as Christmas only comes once a year. No, it's pretty Christmas bad. Christmas does come more than once a year, I think was the line. Well, whatever, it's bad. It's still bad, yeah. <laughs> I've occasionally said it's the worst line in film history, which clearly it's not, but I hate it. Well, you get some... Oh, something came up was another line that he has. Mm-hmm. Keeping the British end up, sir. It, it's it's no keeping the British end up or my favorite, he's attempting re-entry, sir. It's a PSC, he's uh, attempting re-entry. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That that is the best. Yeah, that, that one's that good. Will, that line will never be topped. This one, yeah, it's not that great. No. And then good night. Good night. Good night, sir. And then Lulu starts singing good night. Yeah. And that's even weirder because she's like, James Bond is here. It's like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why is this here? Why? Why are you singing? Good night. Good night. Sleep well. But hey, we finally have James Bond will return in the Spy yes. Who Loved Me. 
and The Spy Who Loved Me, which will be a much better film. Yes. Nobody does it better. Nobody does. And <laughs> well played. And it will have its own convertible car. I like the submarine Lotus. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to that movie a lot because I've, I have mixed feelings about it and I know you, you really enjoy it. I do. Uh, and my mixed feelings are not that I would ever put it anywhere near like the bottom of the barrel, like this movie or live and let die or anything like that. Um, but I mean, we'll clearly talk about that next week, but, uh, it is a bit of a rehash of, uh, of you only live twice. The, a little bit. The, you know, villainous plot. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we're, uh, swallowing up submarines instead of swallowing up spacecraft. Yes. But yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. So we've made it through, I would say the worst patch the Mankiewicz trifecta? The Mankiewicz trifecta. <laughs> uh, shockingly, he did not come back after this one. So, this movie had a budget of $7 million and grossed $97.6 million. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I was reading contemporary, or contemporary reviews for it, and they were not that good. I mean, other ones definitely do better. Like, if we look at Spy Who Loved Me, uh, it had a budget of $14 million and grossed one hundred eighty-five. Yes. So, I mean... Well, I think that was the that was the most successful of all of them at the time, I think. Yeah. I'm looking at these figures. Yeah, I guess they've all grossed... They've all done generally really well. But it's just, like, the percentage-wise there of the production cost versus gross. It's just like, holy crap, this movie did really well for not being a very good movie. It, it's not a very good movie. I mean, I'm not quite sure what $17 million was budget-wise... Well, no, time, this one was, was only seven. Oh, seven million. I can't imagine that's a lot. No, and I was just about to say that... Uh, oh, there it is. AMC, Astro Spiral Jump Mathematical and Computer Technology Furnished by Calspan Corporation, Buffalo, New York. <laughs> anyway, what was I going to say? Uh, for as much crap as I'm giving this movie, and I've been giving it a lot of crap, it looks pretty damn good for a seven million dollar film. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot... They, they, they got a lot out of this... Out of that seven million, I think I've I've just been scrolling through the grosses for the various movies. Mm-hmm. They definitely, I mean, inflation co- accounts for some of it, but like Skyfall had a one point one billion dollar gross. Wow. Admittedly, its budget was two hundred million, but still. Yeah. Not that great of a movie either. Uh, I mean, it's better than Spectre. It's fine. What isn't? Well, the man with the golden gun might not be. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure on that one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> At least Bond doesn't get brain damage that's never referenced again. Yeah, that 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 healed itself pretty quickly, didn't it? But it was it was unhealable. That was part of the plot. Yeah. But we'll talk about that in several. Yeah, weeks. we ways to go before that. Thankfully. Yeah, we got the invisible car before that. I like the invisible car. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay, not like I recognize that it's dumb, but I I actually really enjoyed that movie. Okay. That's a movie I don't think I have seen since I saw it in the theater. It's kind of the move along home of Bond films. Although that might Maybe. be Moonraker too. No, Moonraker's better than that. Uh, no, I like yeah, the only all other... of the Brosnan movies. <clears throat> only one of them is a masterpiece, but I like mm-hmm. all four of them. Yeah. I like, I really like The World Is Not Enough, even though it's not a good movie. Yeah, same. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies I like, is most I like half of Tomorrow Never Dies. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, Tomorrow Never Dies is what you get when you have a Bond film directed by the guy that did Turner and Hooch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's mostly forgettable of the three. I I would call it the weakest one, even though it's probably a better movie than The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. Yeah, I would say Die Another Day is not good, but it's certainly memorable. Yeah. Not necessarily in good ways, but it's definitely a memorable film. Tomorrow Never Dies is just... Well, you want to talk about, you know... You want to talk about wasting your villains. Jonathan Price is wasted in Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's... Especially the last third of the movie. Plus, although there's a few cool little fight scenes in there, like, what are you doing wasting Michelle Yeoh that way? Well, was Michelle Yeoh... I mean, Michelle Yeoh wasn't a big name yet, though. I think she was certainly well-known within her niche Mm. that she was in at the time. Fair. I mean, she wasn't an unknown... That's fair, yeah. We have a we have a few films to get through before we get there. So we've managed to make it through The Man with the Golden Gun. We found out who he will bang. Oh, yeah, that was song. a line in the song, wasn't it? Yeah. We I, I'm, I, I'm still, stu- I'm still stuck on how lazy this, the, the, the lyrics are. Like, in the next room or this very one, the man with the golden gun. Like, come on, try harder. The one that always like has stayed, stays in my head is the love is required whenever, <laughs> whenever he desires. It comes just before the kill. <laughs> <laughs> no one can catch him. No hitman can match him for his million dollar skill. <laughs> The song is terrible. One golden shot means another poor victim. The victim has come a to a glittering, glittering end. end. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If you want to get rid of someone, the man with the golden gun so will get it so done. It's so bad, but it's also catchy. Because I have the no, whole the, thing the, in my head now. The melody isn't great, but it is catchy. It's sort of like it's sort of like Thunderball in that if you don't listen to the words, Thunderball it's a cool is a song, much but, better song than this. No, it really is, but like. The lyrics make no sense, and they're dumb. Well, yeah. Like, I, I swear there's, there's like, three different versions of a Bond theme where you have totally on-the-nose descriptive lyrics, like The Man with the Golden Gun. You have songs like Thunderball and A View to a Kill that make no sense at all. Like Die Another Day any w- is another just, like... That's not even a song. That's not even a song. No, it's just, it's just Madonna <laughs> saying, I guess, die another day. <laughs> Over yeah. and over again. <laughs> yeah. Right. But Oh, that song is awful. Yeah. Um I love The World Is Not Enough. That one's really good. Oh yeah, that's that is probably my favorite of the well, it's easily my favorite of, of the uh the Brosnan. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's and that includes the real theme song that they didn't use for Tomorrow Never Dies, which I like a lot too. I don't know if but I know the real theme song. The, 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 K, the KD Lang song that they put at the end of the movie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I know it off the top of my head. It's the one that's the theme from the movie that's in the movie. <laughs> so it's like, it's the Bond version of Archer's theme. <laughs> yeah. Had to get a Star Trek reference in there somewhere. Excellent. All right. Thank you for listening to us this week. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at Podspiel. Or you can send us an email at spielpodcast at gmail.com. 
And then you can also find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. You can find me on Twitter at Listening to Film. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on The Man with the Golden Gun before we wrap this up? Uh, I am glad to be done with the Mankiewicz trifecta. As, as am I. And uh, License to Spiel will return with The Spy Who Loved Me. Love is required whenever he's hired. Shut up.